Legends, welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Bit of administration off the rip here. Firstly, our darling boy, Rowan Arneal, will not be featuring on the second half of this week's podcast. Unfortunately, he has contracted COVID-19, if you can wrap your head around that, in late 2022. But Rowan will be back next week, uh, pending his survival. I'm not sure if he is vaccinated, but I know that he looks like someone who wouldn't be. So we'll have to see how he goes. He might take this thing on the chin like a 75-year-old. We, we don't know what's going to happen with Rowan. But we'll have to see if, if all the sea salt and sunlight uh, stands up to the test. But yeah, Rowan will be back next week. Also, speaking of next week, next Friday, December 2nd in Sydney, the first ever live episode of Get Around Me. It's going to be so sick. Still some tickets left there. Come along. You can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. It's going to be a lock-in. Got some crazy stuff planned. Confirmed session afterwards. It's going to be fucking sick. So hope to see you there. Friday, December 2nd, Sydney, live pod, tickets via the link in my Instagram bio, dude. But I'm up and about today. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I was borderline David Goggins this morning, up at 10 to 6, okay? 5.53, okay, fine. I was trying to impress you. But dude, what a way to start the morning. Obviously, like any Australian worth their salt, I was up early this morning to watch us take on the French in what was one of the more disappointing losses we've seen, but I'll get into that in more detail later. But it's been good. It's been a good morning. You know, I haven't been up this early in quite some time because I don't really have anywhere to be these days, and it's nice. You know, Adzi's home today. He's heading off on a holiday. He was just watching uh, Getting Into Love Island because I I fell off Love Island, but Macca and Adzi are still fucking loving it. And it's good. It's a fun show just to check in on. And it's also fun, I realized, I don't know if it's like the third week and they start to get sad or something, but we've got a few negative Nellies moping around the house on Love Island. And I got to say, it's pretty fun to watch good looking people struggle, you know, (laughs) because within the context of the house, like they're all just they almost become normal people. Good-looking people do a lot better surrounded by some sixes. You know, sprinkling some sixes, some fives. That's when good-looking people really shine because they can just stand there and be good-looking, you know? And then you get some sixes around the outside like those little fish that swim on the outside of whales, those little pilot fish or whatever, you know, the entourage. Every good-looking person should be flanked by two six out of tens just to really put them up on an even higher pedestal. But the problem is, when you get all these good-looking people together, it's all relative, isn't it? If everyone's good-looking, no one's good-looking. And that forces us to sort of listen to what they have to say. And I've got to say, the Restless JPEG is really a format that belongs to six out of tens. Okay, the JPEG itself... The static JPEG, that's where tens shine. You don't have to say anything. Just think of a dumb caption. 
you know, every day's a gift or whatever. I bet it is. With a jawline like that, I'd be pretty fucking thankful too. But when, when it's all video and everyone's good looking, some of these tens are really up against it. It's quite interesting. Uh, there's this new guy in the house. I, can't, I don't know his name. And I got to say, he's, he's, he's pants. He's absolutely pants, this bloke. And I'm sorry if I'm about to... If this guy's actually on the spectrum, please have my deepest apologies for the next three minutes. But this guy is not a communicator, this new fella. It's just... It's, it's really confronting when you see good-looking people be crap. You know, it's like watching Santa Claus, like, do shots of whiskey and, like, pick up a hooker. You're like, what? What's going on? Because these really good-looking guys, they look so fucking cool. And most of them are, but there's a couple where it's like, fuck, why'd you say that? (laughs) This new guy comes in and he's got, like, two minutes to decide between two of the girls. And here's the thing. These two girls, you, you don't need more than a second because one of them has the craziest eyes you've ever seen. This chick, Layla, God bless her. She's the hottest woman I've ever come across. But she's got the sort of eyes that would, you know, light all your clothes on fire and sort of roll your fucking Mazda Metro off a local headland, okay? She'll she'll take everything you have. There's no doubt in my mind. But anyway, this new bloke, this guy who's got, got a, uh, you know, he's got one of the great jawlines and, and a bit of autism to go with it. He's, a, he's the full package, but he just sits down with each girl. He goes, where, so where are you from? And it's like, mate, this isn't 60 minutes, you know? You got 90 seconds on this reality show to make a truly frivolous decision. It, tr- it doesn't matter who you pick, okay? I remember I went on a date with this really hot chick and just off the rip, she goes, so do you have any siblings? And I was like, I'm sorry, is this... What is this, the Joe Rogan experience? You don't have, you need the fucking charisma of Tracy Grimshaw to pull off a line of questioning this boring, you know? It's just like, mate, if I got two minutes with two absolute tens on a reality show on a fucking island in the middle of Spain, I'm not going straight into what's your favorite color. You know, how do you feel about Russia, Ukraine? For God's sake, just do a quick vibe check and get the fuck out of there. I tell you, my first question, if I get a minute with two tens to work out who I'm picking on Love Island, it doesn't matter, lads. I'd just ask her like, oh, what do you think of, what what does Damien Martin's cover drive on the up make you feel inside? You know, when Damien Martin puts his hands through the ball on a green top in England and just caresses it forward of cover point, how does that make you feel? And nine out of 10 chicks are going to say, mate, what the fuck are you talking about? But it doesn't matter what they say, because I'm here to do a quick vibe check and get back to Sophie Monk and deliver my answer. This guy's legitimately trying to get to know these women. It, It was quite disturbing, you know? And then he comes out and he goes, this was one of the toughest decisions of my life. I hate it when people say stuff where it's like, well, you just think that's the right thing to say. What was so hard about the decision, mate? You just met both of them. You got no idea who these chicks are, so what's the issue? Pick one, ask questions later. You're literally on a game show. (laughs) Oh, God. And some of the guys were moping. 
You could just see these good-looking people. They would never, you'd never make it as a six out of ten. It's like some guy's been on like two dates with a girl. He's like, oh, I don't know, if it, I don't know if we're gonna last. It's like, yeah, dude. Welcome to dating as someone who's not a ten. For once, the decision's not just up to you. Okay. <laughs> You go on two dates with someone and don't marry them? That's called a fucking Tuesday, mate, okay? Get your beautiful head out of the sand and just stiffen up that upper lip a little bit and let's have a laugh, okay? <laughs> They're all moping around, crying. Like three of the lads cried this week. You're getting paid 50 grand a week, a, a bloody series to chill out with your shirt off, you know? What's the issue, lads? Play on. But anyway, Love Island, good to pop the old head back in. I'll I'll see them in two weeks and see who's who and what's what. Anyway, let's crack into the yarns from the week that was. Okay, so once again, Australia's greatest road dog, brackets yours truly. I was out on the bloody road, okay? As I tell the ATO every year when they tell me it's not a real address, I live on the road, okay? So I wasn't in Sydney, but we do, nevertheless, before I crack into the weekend, we do have a single ADSI update. This was communicated to me via iPhone messages. Guys, single ADSI update. The man is on an absolute tear, okay? Form is temporary. Class is permanent. He's shaken off what must have been, you know, a bit of rust, some jitters, And the last couple of weeks, the man is starting to put together a November that most men would be really significantly jealous of, okay? The momentum behind this man and this household has to be seen to be believed. And it's just great to see him respond to some of the negativity in the press by just saying, by just saying, I'm going to let my actions do the talking. You know, I've put in the work on the training pitch. I'm following Billy and Macca's coaching. The processes are there. And sometimes it just does take a little bit of time and and that's where your faith, your resolve is tested uh, because it's very easy to think, fuck, you know, things aren't happening for me. Maybe I should start doing this. Maybe I should start doing that. Start swinging a bit wild. Maybe I should start, be one of those weird guys who does magic tricks, you know, maybe wear some boat shoes and start offering birds lines of cocaine, you know, start to panic and swing wild out there. It takes courage. It takes resilience to say no. Trust the processes. The results will come. Okay? And it sounds like something Jurgen Klopp would say, but it's exactly what I was saying. Adzi had the courage to follow it, and now the man is on a genuine tear. Okay? I put his November up against anyone so far. It's, It's getting pretty out of control. And the bloke's about to jet off on a holiday right now. So... I don't want to speak out of school, but I dare say uh, the carnage will continue, okay? Sexual carnage, if that wasn't clear. But while Adzi was boot scooting his way around town, I was up the coast bringing the arts to the people of New South Wales, as is my role as a court jester on the East Coast. So I did gigs in Armadale and Coffs Harbour on Friday and Saturday night, hosting the Sydney Comedy Festival Roadshow, fantastic gigs, fantastic lineup, fantastic times, okay? Now, firstly, off the rip, I don't know if this is something, if this is going to be controversial or not, because 
This was my first experience with this product. Heather Bray's Pies. Now, I don't know the extent to which Heather Bray has monopolized the pie industry in this country, but in New South Wales, there's a fair few of these things knocking around. I traditionally, I stay away from chains as a rule, okay? I'm looking at uh, grilled. I honestly think people who like grilled are less than, okay? I don't even have a joke for it. If you like grilled, I reckon you're fucking grilled. See, I told you I didn't have a joke for it. (laughs) I did. I'm so editing that out. Okay. (laughs) If you like grilled, I think you're grilled. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. So, that's where we're at with this podcast, hey? That's where the bar is today. Fucking low. I apologize. It's only up from here. Jesus Christ, Bill. Edit out that grill-lined ASAP. Anyway. Yeah, but grilled is crap. Uh, El Camino. Fratelli Fresh. Rache's. Any of this shit where it's like, wouldn't you just rather go somewhere where it's like one thing? You know, I just feel like it's a red flag. Well, there you go. An off-the-rip red flag. People who are into chains. You know when people are like, hey, do you want to get a drink on Saturday? And you're like, yeah, fucking oath. Which pub? And they're like, El Camino. And it's just like, there's just something off about it. I think if if you're into chains, you're probably a chain yourself. You're a bit of a cookie cutter fucking template yourself there, babe. Enjoy your extra large margarita. I won't be coming. But anyway, Heather Bray's Pies, notorious pie chain in New South Wales. And... Here's the thing with pies is that the further away you are from a CBD, a central business district, the better the pies get, okay? So as soon as we get sort of two hours outside of Sydney, I'm on fucking pie patrol, okay? When we went down to Wagga Wagga, there's a bakery in Goulburn that is just phenomenal, fantastic pies, okay? Fantastic pies. And I apologize to that bakery that the name is currently escaping me, but... We pull into Heather Bray's, Bray's Pies, and do you know why as well this is this is a bit loaded? Because in this little, you know, you know how they've got servos and a few food places, there was also a KFC and a Guzman Y Gomez. Now, it was before midday, and I kind of have a rule about KFC before midday that I just don't do it. Also, I had KFC two months ago, so I'm still... I'm still bloody recharging the old batteries on that one. I try to keep it to about quarterly with the kernel, okay? You start to have the kernel on a weekly basis. All of a sudden, I've got acne again. I've got three chins, you know, it's, it's all happening. So I try to keep the kernel at bay. Guzman Y Gomez, i got no qualms. I'll have that seven days a week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's fucking pretty good stuff, okay? But I said, no, Heather Bray's pies. I'm two hours outside of Sydney. I'm on a road trip. Let me get into some beautiful baked goods. And I go in, and here's the thing as well, Heather Bray's pies, okay? So when you've put the name of your product in the name of your company, that's a confidence. That's a confidence you don't see from a lot of other companies. It's not Apple phones, is it? It's Apple, okay? If you go to Heather Bray's pies and order a fucking satay chicken stir fry and say, well, this wasn't very good, it's like, yeah, no shit, mate. Pies is in the name. Get a fucking pie. So that's what I've done. I go in there. 
There's about 75 pies available, and there's about 75 racists in the line uh, waiting for their beautiful baked goods. I don't enter the line because I don't know what I want yet. And here's the thing is, one pie, not enough. Two pies, probably too many. So I go, what's the answer here? I go, I'm going to get a chicken and veg pie, and they've got a quiche range. I go, I'm going to get a bacon quiche. That's the perfect amount of food for me. I line up for about five, ten minutes. Boom. I get to the front. The lady goes, what do you want? I go, bang. One chicken and veg pie, one bacon quiche. Thanks for coming. She goes, we're out of the bacon quiche. Okay. You've put me in a real tough spot here, babe. She goes, what else would you like? I go, what else would I like? There's about 43 different types of pies on offer here. 43 people behind me. They're getting angry. I'm getting nervous. Dude, I start to panic. How's this? Curried beef pie. That's what I that's what I went with. A curried beef pie. Now that is the decision of a truly lost man. I think we can all agree. So then I get I get the pies and a coffee. It's about $37. Nine bucks a pie or something at Heather Bray's. I don't want to speak out of school. Heather Bray's pies are fucking dog shit, dude. I've said it. There it is. It's out there. It's in the world. Uh, they, they weren't good. They weren't good. It was fucking eight bucks a pie. I lined up for 75 years with the knowledge that I was getting a bacon quiche, which was never available. The whole thing was a hoodwink. And uh, I sat there eating a curry beef pie, which I would never get traditionally. And if I was to get one, it wouldn't be this one. Okay. So it tasted like a fucking normal beef pie. They had maybe just thrown some curry powder in. I mean, it, it felt like a real lack of effort and, and potentially a lack of pride in the product at Heather Bray's. So don't recommend the place. Tomato sauce was free, which did not go unnoticed. I appreciated that. None of this 70 cents bullshit 7-Eleven stings you with. So yeah, pretty disappointed with Heather Bray's pies. And just a warning to any, anyone out there that, yeah. The thing with pies is you want you want like fucking Auntie Marge's pies. You don't want a fucking chain. Because chains, there's a lack of love. And what do pies need? They need love, tender love and care. So something to think about if you're in the greater New South Wales area. But anyway, go to Armadale. We played, how's this? We played a high school auditorium. Now, this is something we've not seen before. I've played all sorts of places. And a high school auditorium is not one of them. So it was pretty fun. There's not really anything to report from this gig. It was just a great gig. A lot of fun. About 250 people there cranking it out. Felt like a real homecoming for me because I didn't really, I never performed in a high school auditorium because when I was in high school, we were working on the proviso that doing drama meant you were a raging homosexual. Okay. Now, looking back, I definitely should have done drama in high school. I'm a lover of the arts. But like I said, if, if you enrolled in drama, we were under the impression you also had to make out with a local man. So shows how backwards the times were in 2012 because I definitely should have done drama. I would have bloody excelled. Give me a bit of Shakespeare. I can hit a cadence, you know. So it was good to uh, finally get on a high school stage and teach it a lesson. And it was a lot of fun. We went out after in Armadale. And I got to say... I don't want to hang shit on a town, but Armadale, as far as a Friday night, Jesus, dude, pretty fucking rough out there. Everyone said we should go to this place, the White Bull. We went in there. 
not a lot going on. Not a lot going on in the white pool. So we had a couple of beers there left. I, I think I'm famous in Armadale. That was the only positive from the night out. Each pub we went to had about seven people in it, and about three of them recognized me. So Armadale, while being quite an unassuming town, it was about three degrees in November, which, you know, it's quite elevated in Armadale. It's up quite high. But yeah, quite a grim night out. And here's the thing. I'm not one of these city guys who comes to country towns and expects the world. But, you know, for a Friday night, if we could nudge double figures in like the two main pubs, I think as a tourist, we'd all appreciate it. But yeah, uh, Armadale's going to be added to next year's tour. Got recognized about six times. And like I said, there was only eight patrons there. So if you're doing the ratios, I'm basically like Brad Pitt in Armadale. And it was good. Then we went to the, this next bar. And this next bar was even more grim than the last one. There was a band playing and we walked in and they're just sort of chatting on stage. And I said, lads, are you still playing? And they said, yeah, we're just trying to work out what song to play next. It was their most casual gig. <laughs> like they just stopped the gig halfway to just sort of discuss what they should play next. And there was like seven people in the crowd who didn't seem to mind. So play on play on quite a nothing town armadale and i hate to use such such language but yeah on to the next we drove to coffs harbour the next day coffs harbour there's something about it it's just a bit rough around the edges old coffs you got the hoey moey famous pub in coffs harbour which is one of the more violent ones i've ever been in you know you're looking to get a pool cube broken over your head uh the hoey moey is a good place to start but yeah, they've got a big jetty there. I jumped off the jetty, which was about four meters high, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but I'm actually terrified of heights and believing in myself. So quite a task. And when we went to the jetty, I did the thing where it was low tide and we weren't sure if it was safe to jump. And then there was like these 13-year-old kids jumping off the jetty and I asked them if it was safe to do so. And they said, yeah, mate, no stress at all. And so then here's the thing. I've inquired about jumping off the jetty. I've made it clear that that's what I'm here to do. And this 13-year-old has said, mate, it's totally safe, and then jumped off casually in front of me. I think the kid was fucking FaceTiming his missus on the way down, sending off a few text messages. Okay, so then for me, as a fully-fledged 27-year-old alpha male, well, I've been backed into a corner here. I've got to also jump off now, don't I? So I hit my famous safety pencil dive and and yeah, because I actually am quite scared of heights, so nothing to it but to do it. Jumped off a waterfall last month and the waterfall was twice as big as this. You know, I taught this jetty a lesson compared to the waterfall, okay? The waterfall, I was genuinely really scared and also did have the vibe that I might die. So the jetty conquered that onto my next fear of the day, which was... 560 year olds in a in a theater in an rsl fucking hell dude i love doing these rural gigs but can we bump down the average age of the audience just a little bit <laughs> these 63 year olds they want fucking they want rodney rude to come out and here comes billy d trudging out in some fucking converse and rolled up jeans as they bring me on they're always so strict on the time at these rsls and it's like the RSLs are strict on the time, but the people who come to the show are not. So the RSLs, they're like, it's 8.10, we got to start. 
and there's still like 140, 63-year-olds trying to find their seat, I get announced. There's still about 80 people standing up, including like five people in the middle of the front row. They were like, sorry, we don't know where to sit. Everyone said, I'm just standing on stage waiting for people to sit down. Tough sledding, uphill battle to start the show off. And uh, I got to say, I came out swinging hard with a bit of material. It was going great. And then I took a risk. I wouldn't usually do this joke in this context, but I've got this Sophie Monk joke where I sort of heavily imply Brett Lee is sort of, you know, there's a, a bit of a whole thing with Brett Lee and Sophie Monk. It's quite graphic. I don't want to give away the joke, but it's a bit of a risk up top. And I've gone real well. I did the Sophie Monk joke. <laughs> People were disgusted. Okay. So I was off a cliff briefly, free fall, and I felt like I was back on the jetty earlier that afternoon, you know, but I was just, you know, bombing to about 560 year olds, but that's okay. Sometimes, you know, this is mixed martial arts, brother. Sometimes you got to, you got to give one to get one, get clipped up, eye of the tiger, Lionheart, etc. Got him back. Great show. Great show. Second half killed. And, uh, and yeah, never give up. Never give up. But I tell you what, these fucking old audiences, they're intimidating and they're tough work. And I love them. Okay. I love them because they do have good energy, but you just, you got to get them. They, they make you work for it. And it's good experience for me. So appreciate the people of Coffs. Uh, we didn't go out on Saturday night because we just got up at 6 a.m. and got the fuck out of there uh, like any Sydney cider worth his salt would. So back in the van, off we went. Great weekend of shows. Nothing to it but to do it. Okay, up next we have some exciting news. couple of topics to crank into, first of which you just cannot keep a good thing down. Australian icon Neighbours is returning. Amazon have picked it up and they're bringing it back early 2023 plus all the old episodes. It's coming to Amazon Freevee. I'll be completely candid. I have no idea what that is. I thought it was Amazon Prime, but it's it's not. It's Amazon Freevee. I don't know if that's part of Amazon Prime. I don't particularly care. But either way, it's coming back. Uh, this is fantastic. All the old episodes coming back as well. That's the thing that really gets me because here's the thing. I love Neighbours. You love Neighbours. This 73-year-old guy loves Neighbours. But here's the thing. We don't all love the same Neighbours. When I say I love Neighbours, I love the era from like, you know, 2003 to 2007. That's my Neighbours, you know, Rachel, Donna, Stingray, Declan. These are the neighbors I grew up with. You see these new neighbors with their pearly white teeth and, you know, they're all, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any connection to the current characters. Okay. And here's the thing, nor do I need to. It's not my neighbors to get into. So that's why I love that they're bringing back the old neighbors because I don't want to watch new neighbors. I want a fucking double CC injection of early 2000s nostalgia. And that's it. I don't actually, I don't actually want to see what the new neighbors are up to. Uh, apparently, some people do. Amazon Freebie have have brought it back, so that's exciting. What format it will take is beyond me. Okay, I don't think we can do five episodes a week in the streaming era. 
because people just people are too busy now. You fall behind, you miss a couple of days of fucking neighbors. All of a sudden, you're you're bloody seventeen episodes behind, and a lot can happen in seventeen episodes in Neighbors. In seventeen episodes in Neighbors, your favorite character can fucking get pregnant, have an abortion, die, come back to life, and then it turned out the baby was never aborted. And then they have the baby and the baby's dead. And that's all happened in two weeks. So you really can't afford to switch off with a program that moves as quickly as Neighbours. I think they should do like a new format, like have one hour episodes a week and do like 24 episodes a year. So have it run for six months and just have like Neighbours 2023 run from like March to fucking August. And then we'll see you again next year, you know? Neighbours 2024, etc. Remember TV shows before the streaming era, like The Mentalist, Suits, this sort of stuff, Mad Men, other shows. They were all like 22 episodes a season. Maybe it's time we get back to that. Everything's cyclical. Who knows? But I don't think five nights a week is sustainable. But, you know, they've already secured some big hitters. Dr. Carl, Susan, Toadie. Uh, the evil guy, Paul Robinson, fantastic, fantastic. I have no idea how Susan does it. She's been on there since, I think, 1980-something. Do you not get a sense of existential dread? You know, if I was on a show for fucking 35 years and they go, all right, Susan, this week you're having a fight with Carl, I'd be like, oh, another fight with Carl. Good, yes, I haven't done this before. I'd start to freak the fuck out, and I reckon I'd move to Costa Rica or something, dude. You know, fair play to these people. The main cast of Neighbours, their ability to cash a check week in, week out is truly, truly unparalleled. You want to talk about quiet quitting a job? I I think Dr. Carl hasn't really acted with any passion since Natalie Bassingthwaite was on. And who can blame him? I mean, you go from making out with this 73-year-old woman every year, every week of every year, and then they give you six months of bloody licking the neck of a prime Natalie Bassingthwaite only to send you back to the doldrums of Susan Kinsky. I mean, it'd be a tough life. It'd be a very tough life for Carl. But he turns up week in, week out, gets it done, and it's exciting, you know? I truly contest the fact whether there is an appetite for neighbors anymore and if there is i would say the fans of the show are dying every day and by that i mean they are all 87 years old so we'll have to see whether this thing actually how far it goes because i personally don't think i don't know if they change the format neighbors could come back and i hope it does in a big way i'm skeptical we'll have to see how it goes uh, Ryan Maloney, Toady, the man himself, last seen pissing uh, outside the Logies Awards ceremony after he complained the PowerPoint presentation to honour the show was not long enough. So good to see him fall on his feet once again. Um, apparently he was just at home drinking barbecue sauce, watching old episodes of Neighbours, complaining how truly unfair his life is. So Good to see a good guy like Ryan Maloney fall on his feet once again. And I hope we can prop up that B-grade actor all the way into retirement. You D-list piece of shit. Anyway, okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, moving on. 
This week's episode of Get Around Me is brought to you by Manscaped. This Christmas season, it's never too early to play holiday music. and It's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants, Manscaped has everything you need, lads. Uh, the new Lawnmower 4.0 is absolutely fantastic. I've got one of these bad boys. And the precision, the safety, the bloody, the top of the line premium experience this thing provides uh, is like no other. Uh, Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going on manscaped.com and use the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for free shipping and 20% off your order. Guys, these products are unbelievable. I've been using the lawnmower and the sense of confidence you have heading out on the weekend, knowing that, God forbid, uh, a local woman chooses to take your pants off. Uh, You have presented a package uh, that is a truly hospitable one, okay? So you want your grooming and hygiene to be of the highest level, and that's what Manscaped provides. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls just in time for mistletoe season. Uh, It has each product from the best-selling performance package plus the ultra-premium body wash, the ultra-premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, and the ultra-premium deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane. Uh, I cannot recommend this product enough. I use it personally. And like I said, it's a quality and a confidence you just won't find elsewhere. So code word DARCY for 20% off and free shipping of your next order at manscaped.com. Once again, that is code word DARCY, D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping with your next order at manscaped.com. Get in there this Christmas. You will not regret it. Support the people who support this podcast. We would really appreciate it here at Get Around Me. Speaking of Australian icons, another man uh, in the news, David Warner, Australian cricket legend. Bit of context here. When David Warner was involved in the sandpaper thing, he was banned for life uh, from leadership in the Australian cricket team. And Cricket Australia have finally changed the code of con- code of conduct sorry, so that he can now appeal his leadership ban. And this is really just more endless red tape from a truly cowardly organisation in Cricket Australia. I mean, Cricket Australia would honestly do a press release if Pat Cummins, like, forgot to tie up his shoe one day, you know? These guys are just... If if Pat Cummins drank out of a bubbler with his left hand, there'd be an emergency meeting. I mean, these guys... These guys are just nerds. I mean, how hard is it to just change a code of conduct. You just open it up in Microsoft Word and hit backspace, you know? It's the Cricket Australia Code of Conduct and Cricket Australia have been (laughs) walking around for nine months going, can anyone help us (laughs) change this thing? It's like, wow, you guys, you guys are the ones that can change. It's your code of conduct, you know? That'd be like if I was walking around going, fuck, can can anyone help me change something with get around me you'd be like fucking hell bill take a look in the mirror you dumb piece of shit you know 
So good to see they finally did it. I personally, I've said this since the start, I don't give a shit about this sandpaper thing. I never did. I don't see why it's been such a big issue. If Anytime you see something related to the sandpaper incident on social media, all the top comments will be from blokes who either have a Holden Commodore or a fairly significantly sized flathead as their profile picture. And it will just be them just abusing these men saying, once a cheat, always a cheat. You are a disgrace. You can't, you know, a leopard never changes its spots or what have you. I'm not going to live in a world where we pretend no one has ever made a mistake. You know, we got these blokes online who probably put their hand through the fucking drywall when Marie overcooks the steak on a Thursday night. And they're on here condemning these blokes for this mistake they made legitimately no banter five years ago. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's like now, here's the thing. Not everyone loves David Warner, myself included. I've never liked him. Okay. But at what point do you just go, fucking hell, the guy's an absolute gun. He's just so good. Okay. So I do respect him. And, you know, I, I do like him to a certain extent. You know, I, I think he's sort of chilled out a bit in his later years. He has always come across a little bit arrogant. And I think we can all agree those TikTok dances he was doing uh, to go viral in India were particularly unfortunate. But it's not a reason to sort of harbor these feelings. I don't know how anyone gets this fired up about anything. Steve Smith isn't banned for life, and he was captain when the sandpaper thing happened. How can the vice captain get a bigger punishment than the bloke who was actually in charge? And why is Steve Smith, everyone's like, oh, Steve Smith's the best, would happily have him captain again, but if David Warner ever puts a captain's armband on, I will slit my wrists outside the SCG. It's like, boys, let's just calm down. Okay. Up next, I just have to talk about this head of FIFA guy. It's so funny, dude. So the Qatar World Cup has cranked on. And even though I was saying last week, I bet there's going to be some huge incident, you know, of international proportions, etc. Once the game started playing, you're like, fucking hell, how good is the World Cup? There is just not a better sporting event on the planet. You know, as much as I morally disagree uh, with Qatar and many of this, many of the things they've done, the football itself, it still cranks, dude. You can't argue that. I watched Argentina, Saudi Arabia last night. It's fucking awesome. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, the crowds that Qatar has been reporting. So shifty Qatar. You know, what a shifty country. They've been reporting crowd figures that are bigger than the actual capacity of the stadium. They said there was 47,000 people at a stadium that only holds 40. So stuff like this, I mean... Who knows what goes through these Qataris' heads? Because if you just said there was 40,000 there, I reckon that's pretty cool. It's sold out. So I don't really see the point of, uh, <laughs> you know, seems like a weird thing to lie about. But whatever, lads. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Um, dude, but this the FIFA president, this guy, this, oh, this corrupt piece of shit, dude. It's so funny. He gave this speech where he goes, he goes, I feel Arab. <laughs> Today, I feel African. Today, I feel gay. Today, I feel disabled. And I know what you're thinking, but it's not, it's not Rodney Rhodes' set list. This is actually this guy's legitimate speech he gave to the world. 
to say like, you know, we're all humans, we're all in it together. Dude, so good. <laughs> Imagine if stand-up comedians could do that. Imagine if you could just go on stage. Imagine I just got there, I go, guys, today I feel disabled. And I just start doing all these wild, like, wheelchair jokes. And people are, like, blowing up and I'm like, no, didn't you hear? Didn't you hear me say? Today I feel black and disabled. So this is this is all above board, you know? <laughs> he justified it by saying that he had got bullied for having freckles and red hair in school. So he knows what discrimination feels like. Which I got to say is honestly the best news I've received in quite some time. Uh, I was unaware, you know, myself and disabled people of color had such a similar lived experience. So guys, I'm happy to say, it turns out I'm a massive underdog. This is great news for old Billy D. You know, I've got to apply for some government grants or something. This is, this is fantastic. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, halfway through life to find out that I'm actually a legitimate underdog and you know this whole time I thought I'd been just you know living in the ivory tower living at Manly Beach you know the the prince of privilege Billy Darcy you know skiing through life with a smile and a fucking schooner a Carlton draft not too hard is it it turns out guys yeah I've I've been to Helen back <laughs> dude this is kind of like i was saying with that high school thing the other week is like you know like there is some stuff where it's like okay everyone's got their thing dude when people come out and they're like i was bullied in high school or people like i actually have anxiety it's like yeah dude (laughs) everyone does and that brings us to the project for this week This week on The Project, where we celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad. This week, we have the Socceroos, but not just the Socceroos. We have the Socceroos for the first 15 minutes against France, okay? The first 15 minutes against France, those boys are on The Project this week. Congratulations. And this is why the World Cup is so fantastic. That those seven minutes when we were up one nil against France, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You get up at we only got up at six a.m., so not the biggest deal. But it's those moments where you get up at three a.m. and then something fucking insane happens. That's why the World Cup is the best tournament on the planet. I remember when I lived in England in twenty fourteen, and uh, Australia were playing the Netherlands, and I had cricket training. And I was like the overseas player. So you got to go to cricket training. And my roommate was like, mate, you got to come. I was like, mate, I'm not going. We're playing the Netherlands. And my mate was like, you're going to get pumped. Like you really should come to training. Like the club will be pissed off. And I said, mate, I'm sorry. I'm not coming. And literally as my roommate left, a minute later, Timmy Cahill hits that volley first time against the Netherlands. And we go 1-0 up against like the third ranked country in the world. It's just unbelievable, dude. Okay. And we had another moment like that against France. We're paying $12 and the boys have netted one in the first 10 minutes. And we looked good. We were pressing. We, uh, we didn't look scared. Aaron Moy looked unbelievable that first 15 minutes. Put his foot on the ball. And when, when Aaron Moy put his foot on the ball in that first 20, he fucking put his foot on the ball. He wasn't afraid to hold it up. I, I liked it. I liked what we were doing. 
But yeah, the French are just, they're very, very good. They're very, very good. You know, they're, they're called Le Bleu. I think that means the Blues. Let me tell you, that Mbappe on the left-hand side, he was a fucking Le Bleu. Holy shit, that guy's fast, okay? So Atkinson, I think it was, who was defending him, unfortunately had a bloody tough night at the office. I don't want to talk shit because, I mean, good luck marking that guy. But yeah, we just seemed, it was like we almost surprised ourselves. I don't know. It was like we were doing so well and then you start to freak out. I don't know how to explain. It's like, have you ever done something where you're so apprehensive and then it's going way better than you think and it actually fucking rattles you how well it's going and then you drop the ball? That's kind of like what it was. Like we were killing it and then we're almost like, holy shit, we're 1-0 up against France. And then we just sort of panicked. And it was 2-1 at half time. We were woeful in the second half, dude. And I said this... uh, before the World Cup is I don't care if we lose every game because, you know, we're not we're not a good side. Like, to be completely candid, most of our players are A-League players. Dude, the A-League fucking sucks. Okay, I don't watch the A-League and that might be an uneducated opinion. I personally don't care enough about it to do the fucking yard work required to form an opinion that is relevant and or correct. Okay? But from what I've seen of the A-League, they're very little. It's pants. Okay? So... We don't really have like a world-beating team, which is fine. And I don't mind if we lose every game, but I said, as long as we fucking give it to these cunts for every minute, okay? And that was probably the disappointing thing, was that the second half, we didn't give it to them. We played back. We never really, we didn't take a risk. We were scared to take a risk, and it was frustrating. That Cummins bloke who's, you know, from Glasgow, born in Glasgow, fucking lives in Glasgow, but plays for the Central Coast. But his mum, like, rooted an Aussie guy in, like, 1983, so he gets to qualify for this nation. I got to say, the raps on him, he was fucking woeful. I don't think he touched the ball, and he played, like, the whole... He played, like, half an hour in the second half. So, look, whatever. Put it behind us. On to the next. But, yeah, probably a bit disappointed just in in the attitude of the lads. Uh, quick shout out to Irvine. I thought that guy was pretty phenomenal. I thought Matty Ryan made a few good saves. I liked Leckie on the right. That cross he put in was unreal. And a- Aaron Moy, I-, I loved him. And I like him just playing in front of the backs there, but I just he just needs to get on the ball a bit more. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. It ended up being a pretty tough morning, to be honest. But that's okay. That's okay. Tunisia this week, prime time. I'm going to be going legitimately fucking nuts for that. So here's hoping we can we can get some points there because they drew against Denmark. So if we beat Tunisia and draw against Denmark and Denmark gets fucking towed up by France, we could go through. So <clears throat> like I said, it's not over. It's not over, but here's the thing. We were always going to probably lose to France. It's not the biggest deal. It's the way we lost. That was a little bit disappointing. I'm sorry to get so somber. My voice is starting to go. It kind of sounds like I'm about to cry um, at the end of this podcast. And if anything, I kind of wish I did, you know, maybe send a video of, of me crying on the restless JPEG to the boys in Doha and, and Timmy Cahill can present them the video and say, look what you've done to podcaster Billy Darcy. 
He got up an hour and a half earlier than he usually does to watch you boys. And look at him, crying on YouTube to the 27 people that watch each week. That's what you've done to him, okay? He controls the edit for the podcast and he's chosen to leave the bit in where he bursts into tears because of the lack of effort you boys showed in the second half. He called out you specifically, Cummins. Look what you've done to one of Australia's most exciting rising comedians and or road dogs, okay? So if that's what it takes to put a rocket up the lads, me disgracing myself on my small YouTube channel, crying like I'm fucking one of the lads off Love Island, getting rejected for the first time in their life, if that's what it takes to rev my boys, then that's what it fucking takes, okay? So looking for the lads just just to... Do you know what? It's one thing to play in a way where you don't want to lose. It's another thing to play in a way where you're trying to win. And that's the thing. We just, we didn't take it to them. I'd rather lose fucking 8-0 and fucking take it to the cunts than go down 2-1 in a game where we were sort of too scared to take a risk. So hoping the boys can fire it up a bit. Uh, Yeah, pretty disappointing stuff. Anyway, that is the podcast for this week. Like I said, Rowan Arneal will not be joining us this week. He has COVID. He'll be back next week. Speaking of next week, the live episode, December 2nd in Sydney, Friday night. Going to be so fun. Would love to see you there. Tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. Session confirmed afterwards. We'll fucking see you there. Apart from that, thanks for listening, dude. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too